You know, I used to be a comedy libtard shitbag like you until that episode with that fucking Friday song. My brain won't stop playing it. Now, I never listen to a I Doubt It with Dollamore. Trump 2020, dickhead. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dollamore. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 690 of I Doubt It with Dollamore. I am your host, Jesse Dollamore, joined today by the lovely, the talented, and the scholarly Brittany Page, everybody. Well, I we have to talk about the curb couch. <laughs> I think we have to talk uh, um, about. We have to talk about that. I don't know whether I'm embarrassed or <laughs> or intrigued as you are about the entire phenomenon. Yeah, of curb of couches, curb couches, and other living room accoutrement. Yeah. So, what is a curb couch? A curb couch is, and I, I think this is a thing in other places, but here in Southern California, or at least where we live in Southern California. Well, no, in a lot of places in Southern California, <laughs> when you drive around in neighborhood areas, you will see sometimes. A curb couch, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a couch on the curb, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a couch, but we call everything that's on the curb a, a curb couch. Yeah, yeah. It's different types of furniture, and the point Barbecue is- Barbecue grills. Well, that's what you're hoping for, but they leave it on the curb, okay? Anyone, neighbors, everyone in the neighborhood leaves their furniture on the curb. Furniture they don't want. Furniture they don't <laughs> want anymore, and it get it gets picked up. Yeah. It gets picked up within like a day. It miraculously disappears from the from the curb. Yes. And uh taken elsewhere. We do there's a, a few exceptions to this rule. We have passed by a curb futon, curb couch, and there was a note on it and said <laughs> Whoever dumped this here, this is very rude. It hasn't been picked up. Please come get it. You, you've gotten all the elements correct. It just not in the right order because they ended it with it, it did say to whoever dropped this on my lawn, I think is what they said. Mm -hmm. Come pick it up. And then it was ended with so rude. Mm. <laughs> so rude. Yeah. Um, so there are exceptions to it that your furniture is not always going to be picked up. But so we just got a new couch. We haven't purchased furniture in over a decade. So we thought, you know what? Let's purchase a couch. We could use a new couch. So we did it. It was a little risky because we bought it online without trying it because it's COVID town and we're not going to go sit on a bunch of couches. Oh, my God. Can you imagine doing such, such a mundane thing? Can you imagine going out there and sitting on a bunch of already sat upon furniture on couches during COVID time? It's a scary thought. So, so we did that and we, we thought to ourselves... Well, let's try this curb couch thing. And so we put the couch on the curb and it was gone within yeah. within what? 18 hours we calculated? Well, if you count 
the time in the middle of the night that we dropped it off because we're not, we're not very proud of it. Yeah, I know. You were like, go, 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 go. You were so terrified. It was like a recon mission, yeah. man. So if, if you count daylight hours, yeah. I think it was out there for maybe eight hours because it was gone before five o'clock in the evening. Yeah. So after that happened, I had a rush and I was like, let's see <laughs> what kind jonesing. of pressure we can get rid of. Yeah. <laughs> and there's going to be no furniture left. Like, I feel like it's a challenge now. And so we did. We put a coffee table out there and it got, t- <laughs> it got taken very quickly. The coffee table. Yeah. That was, that was probably less than 12 hours. Yeah. And then we, this, some of this was in the garage too. We had a chair in the garage and an ottoman that had just been sitting in the garage. And so we put that out and that got taken. So now we're, we're kind of addicted to the curb couch. Well, thing. let's, you're a little addicted. Well, I'm, we're very much addicted. There's only one more thing I want to get rid of and it's the grill. <laughs> Because yeah. I, you know, one, it's not used. So now it's just, it's just the, anyway, yeah. So maybe I'm a little addicted. Yeah. <laughs> But it is, it's nice because, well, it's similar to a garage sale, right? Where the things you don't want anymore, you, you try to sell and people find it and it's their new joy. They're excited. One person's trash is another person's treasure. That's the saying I was trying to get at. Correct. (laughs) And you don't have to haggle with somebody. Exactly. Oh, God. Like, yeah, I'll give you $10 for the, just take it. Just take it away. Yes. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway. So it's it's nice. I would be curious to know if that's a thing outside of Southern California, if that exists in other places. I'm sure it does. It has to be. Right? I don't know. I don't remember anywhere else that I've lived that it's as prominent as it is here. Yeah. Well, listen, we have a much more pressing matter that we need to address. Oh, are we going to... Are we going to read the emails about me cussing? Well, listen, it's not just cussing. There's other things that people are very upset about. Because I almost introduced you in some snarky, I don't even know what I was going to say, but some snarky thing about NPR and I don't know. I have an NPR voice? No, just it's, let's get to these emails. We get these relatively frequently, but never back to back. So listen, I don't need to say... I'm allowed to curse because fuck you, I'm allowed to curse. And I can think of other words because I'm an intelligent, articulate individual. But this is... Anyway, I don't need to say all that. I just said it, so I guess I do have to say it. I know. It. It's, I think these are... Ac- I was going to read them as a joke, but I think you're actually holding on to something here. Here, let's just read them. <laughs> I've, I've, I'm not holding on to anything. I've watched you on YouTube for a while and am contributor. I recently subscribed to your podcast. I listened to the one where Brittany and you open with the bit about dog shit. (laughs) Quality programming over here, everybody. Oh, perfect. While I enjoy you on YouTube, I felt like I was constantly being yelled at on the podcast. I understand your passion, but raising your voice should be reserved for emphasis. A speech therapist could easily show you how to express yourself and make your voice more palatable Mm. to your listening audience. In addition, I find the people who overuse profanity such as fuck and fucking lack verbal skills. I'm in construction and see this deficiency all the time. For example, you said, quote, they are dropping the fucking ball, the ball they created. They're fucking up. Is that really the most articulate sentence you can come up with on the fly, Jesse? I doubt it. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, this is great. Brittany has a great voice and seems to get her point across no without yelling. No wonder you fucking love this guy. Or using excessive profanity. You asked for feedback on how the podcast sounds. I'm telling you honestly, I found your voice assaulting my ears. Couldn't finish listening. Given how I enjoy your YouTube segments, I found this podcast very disappointing and will be unsubscribing. Bill. Now, here's a question I have for Bill. Does Bill know that there's a feature on his phone? And I don't even know what kind of phone he has, but I know he has this feature. And you can actually, you can decrease the volume of the thing that you're listening to. That is a fact. Like, for example, if you're wearing headphones and you turn something on and it's, ah, it's a little too loud and it feels like an assault in Bill's words on your ears, you can just kind of turn that knob (laughs) and it reduces the assault on the ear. It's just a tip. Just a little tip. That's what we do here. A little tech tip. Yeah. This can be a tech podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, Bill. Bill, right? Yes. One, thanks for being a contributor or a supporter in whatever manner that you, that you do. But um, I don't need any help. And when I asked about how's the podcast sound, if you're a new <laughs> listener, you, you might not know, but we switched the method by which we record the show. So I wanted to to reach out to the audience and ask... Is the quality of the audio good? Because I've been doing the same fucking thing the whole fucking time we've been doing the fucking show. Well. For almost 700 motherfucking episodes. I wasn't asking for a critique on the manner with which I do the show, but the actual quality of the audio. So I will say there used to be uh, a listener actually made a mashup one time of oh yeah 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 all of the profanity that you used in one episode. It used to be excessive. It used to be for sure a lot to handle. But this- I also used to dip into Grandpa's old cough medicine a little bit more doing the show than I ever do now. Is that true? Yeah, I get a little buzz and do the show, and you know you're a little more loosey goosey with the language. Yeah, but I, I also, I resent this whole, um, like, profanity means you're stupid or the use of profanity means you have a poor bro- vocabulary. That is not... It's an old-fashioned way of thinking. It's also not really grounded in reality. Uh, I don't I don't think that there is anything I've really seen that validates that view. You mean in science or research? Yeah, I haven't I haven't really seen anything that would indicate that. Um, but it, it's something that persists, this idea. And I just resent it also because it's been used against me of like I'm not a, a proper lady. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like my my great aunt who's always writing on Fannie Mae chocolates wall like Fannie Mae is running the Facebook page. She would always <laughs> message me and tell me. I love your chocolates, Fannie Mae. That, <laughs> that uh, like, I'm too pretty to talk the way oh, that I do yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And that's always strange when people come at you and try to tell you that you shouldn't use naughty words. We're all adults and we know that everyone is using the naughty words, even the people who uh, don't use the naughty words in professional settings because we're all forced to act like that's not something that's a part of our everyday life. Yeah, I don't I, I don't understand it. What I don't agree with it whatsoever. I mean, I talk the way I talk to whomever is in the room, um, regardless of their uh, socioeconomic status or their position, if they're a pastor, whatever. I'm an adult. 
Now, listen, do I use the F-bomb more frequently on the show? Yeah, of course I do. But it is a, a way that I speak in real life? Yes. Yes, it is. And as I said before, I don't have a problem with coming up with other words. It's not like my vocabulary is lacking in depth. It is not. In fact, I get told, you're just using big words to make me feel dumb. I've had that that charge. You also, so I can't win. You also get praised for how much profanity you use as well. So it is true that you can't win. It reminds me of... When we got the bell. Remember when we got the bell and I was going to ding the bell rather than curse? Yeah. And the idea was roundly shat upon yeah. by the audience. Well, probably because it was a bell that was going to ding. We told, and that's we had deeply people, annoying. We had people tell us they were going to unsubscribe from the show if I stopped. Again, the bell, I think, because no one wants to hear a bell dinging <laughs> in their ears. Uh, uh, assault in the ears. Am I right, Bill? Okay. So Adam Serwer, uh, one of the fantastic best writers out there right now, he's back on Twitter. He took a Twitter hiatus and he came back. And this whole conversation reminds me of his tweets. He said, one of the things I did not miss while on Twitter hiatus was complete strangers saying insane shit to you because you're just a character in a text reality show to them. Mm, yeah. And I love that tweet because, and this is especially true for you, Jesse, you get a lot of, and I'm not putting Bill in this category. He's a supporter of yours. He loves your YouTube. That's great. We appreciate Bill for that. We're kind of shitting on his email right now, but that's because it's funny. Yeah, but I, I, listen, you're not <laughs> immune from being made fun of a little bit. I'm also, not, by the way, not doing this in the in spirit of meanness. No, no. Also, he sent a critique to you. We're just giving a little critique back. It's fine. <laughs> uh, but this does happen where people, they don't think of you as a real person. And so there can be a little bit more hostility or aggression in some messages simply because of that that's absolutely a real thing i'm yeah. trying to get my shit together here because i almost choked yeah <clears throat> that that's absolutely a real thing yeah so we do have anyway bill thank you for the email I, listen i know this was actually sent to daily at dollamore.com the youtube address mm -hmm. there is another one that was sp sent specifically nothing to do with the podcast which i find very odd because it's only dealing with YouTube where I don't curse, where I actually bleep out curse, curse words. Should we read this whole thing? Because it's quite long and it's kind of the same thing. Do you want me to just read part of it? Yeah, it's, yeah, that's fine. Okay, this is from Kyle. Hi, Jesse. Profanity is selfish. Profanity is a distraction that takes listener attention away from the subject matter and selfishly places the attention all on you and your fucking feelings. Oh. He, he, he put fucking in parentheses oh okay you're angry we get it we all are so that's not news stick with the subject matter that is news profanity changes the topic and makes you look like a toddler and you lose credibility you're a passionate guy who hates to see what's happening with our government and perhaps can offer some ways to fix it i encourage you to keep your focus on possible solutions all right we get it matter. i get it we, listen it, it, it is it is such an antiquated way of thinking that whatever word that we as society deem is a bad word, quote unquote, we're not allowed to say it. I just, I don't buy into that. Mm -hmm. If you think shit, because some people would think, God damn is, oh my, that's worse than fuck. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a household where God damn, I still don't use the Lord's name in vain as though Jehovah's name is God. Mm -hmm. Like they're sitting around playing poker up there or whatever the fuck they are. 
It's, oh, God, you got me again on that hand. No, if God is a name, it is not God. I also got the whole goddamn is worse than fuck thing in my house, which was interesting because racial slurs were fine. Yeah, right. But yeah, couldn't say the goddamn. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for all of the constructive criticism. And I I do believe they believe it to be constructive. Yeah. But none of that is uh, none of it really holds any water with me because I don't think when I curse, I'm making it about myself or being selfish. Well, it also comes down to, listen, if if that's a problem for you, then that's a bummer, you know, because you don't want to listen to the show. But if that really is a deciding factor in whether or not you want to consume the show, then, yeah, sorry. I mean, that you're going to... Do they not watch PG movies? Because they could say fuck in PG movies Your options are going to be very much narrowed, though, because I hear a lot of profanity on the shows that I listen to. So just just be aware of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you feel like you're yelled at... Well, God damn it! Oh, that might that probably peaked. I think it did actually. That probably clipped yeah, a lot. I heard it. Yeah. Hopefully, I can bring that back down with a little compression. Yeah. Which is earlier what I was trying to ask about how the show sounds is, you know, that, those kind of levels. Yeah. Again. Anyway, we did get some traditional listener communication in the form of two different voicemails that we want to play right now and talk about, and then we'll move on to talk about Jacob Blake. Policing in general, where we go from here, and just what in the fuck is going on. Hey, Jesse and Britt. Um, I love the podcast. Um, and uh, please excuse the, the background noise. I'm at work. I want to get this off my chest before I forget. I'm not too good with words, but I'm going to try to do it as, as best I can. Uh, when it comes to politics, I'm not too eloquent uh, in speaking. But um, when you love this podcast, you guys... And so many words you guys were talking about uh, if uh, uh, we need to get Joe Biden in there and interrupt uh, Donald Trump's plan or, or continuing the corruption that he's uh, already started. And uh, uh, we need to get him out of there because uh, if he's going to open the door to for other, other people like him uh, to continue the corruption and the blatant racism and uh, the, the poor uh, care of the, of the U.S., um, I, I actually think it's too late because Donald Trump, he he's already gotten away with so many things. The list of crimes, crimes and his, his, uh, his blatant racism, is, is, he's already gotten away with all this stuff. You know, um, even after, let's say Joe Biden does get elected, does what he does, and whatever it may be, somebody after him could possibly come up and actually perfect what Donald Trump started. You know what I mean? Um, I I don't have, I'm, I'm a black guy, and, and I don't have too much hope. And uh, America uh, getting any better. Every day on the news, I, I'm bombarded with, uh, you know, this person being shot and killed, this person dying, that person dying. And it's pretty depressing. But I'm, I'm getting off track. But even if Joe Biden does win, I, I know people don't have much hope in him. And... 
I, oh, Joe Biden is like a band-aid on a gun, gunshot wound. He's, he's, he's only going to do so much. I don't have much hope in him, but I'm going to vote for him. But like I said before, uh, Trump has already opened the door for someone else to come up and uh, pick up where he left off, no matter who becomes president over the next four years and, or even eight years. Um, so, and that, that's what already got me worried. So, um, uh, that's, that's the best way I could put it. Like I said, I'm sorry about how I, uh, how I sounded. Uh, I hope I made sense in what I said. Thanks for, uh, the show. Both of you guys are the best part. Bye. Love the show. Brittany's the best part. Pick a side, Brian. (laughs) Pick a side, sir. Thank thank you very much, Brian, for the call. We hope that you are safe in the manhole that you are working in. Something's going on there, right? Yeah. Um, (laughs) That was also with sound removal, by the way. Cleaning it up a little bit. It was almost unlistenable before. I'm not shitting on Brian, but it was almost unlistenable before because you couldn't understand anything. Yeah. Because there was also... An insane amount of just buzzing, humming, something else going on. But, it, but it's not shitting on Brian because we wanted to play it, and so we cleaned it up to make it uh, listenable. So thank you, Brian, for the call. And here's what I would say. I think that Brian is raising a really important point. I also think that the chaos of the Trump administration has awakened a lot of people to the political process and how important it is to stay involved, stay aware. I think for a lot of people, they have never been this aware. They have never been this involved. And I think if one positive thing comes out of it, I'm hoping that we're able to sustain that, even for liberals, Democrats, leftists. If Joe Biden is in office, my hope is that that involvement, that level of dedication to paying attention and staying involved and understanding what's going on in government, that that continues. Just because your guy is elected doesn't mean you stop paying attention because... No, I hope that's not the case. Because corruption yeah. can happen on both sides and does. And it's important to stay alert, to stay educated. Yeah, Well, a point, and I'm not going to get in the weeds on this, the fact that Hunter Biden was on the board of that company in Ukraine while the Ukraine was under the purview of the vice president of the United States is, 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 is a problem. That was a problem. That is an unethical thing that was going on. Either either Hunter Biden has to quit for the sake of his dad's job or Joe Biden has to give up Ukraine for the sake of the country and his son's job. That is a conflict. That is absolutely a conflict. So we need to stay engaged. We need to stay on top of this for the sake of ethics and for the sake of the betterment of our country. As far as the the line that Brian said about he believes Joe Biden is just a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound, beautiful imagery, great, great metaphor. I think it's incorrect, though, because Joe Biden will be some kind of an application that absolutely stops the bleeding from 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 a, the standpoint of Donald Trump will be out. And I've talked about this on the show before, that he had better, there had better be 
a reversal czar put in place to go back through and 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 uh, correct the damage done across the administration, across the executive branch, everything that Donald Trump has turned to shit by touching it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also think there there are going to be people who see what Donald Trump has done and want to recreate it, want a part of it. You already see them. They're working in his administration. His goddamn kid. And so when Brian says there's going to be more of this, that he's kind of opened the door for this behavior at in, in the halls of power, yes, he, he has. And there's going to be people that want to model it that are also going to love the poorly educated yeah. and and try to use that to their advantage. So it's it's definitely a scary time, but I'm hopeful <laughs> that people are are seeing what's happening and I'm I'm starting to see more people that previously were either on the fence about voting for Joe Biden or who I just wasn't sure if they were going to because mm-hmm. they are progressives and some of the progressives that I know are choosing not to vote. Uh, have come out and said no, we're voting Joe yeah. Biden. So Th- there is there is one more thing I want to add uh, about the the reversal czar or whatever we're gonna whatever we I love decide that term, by to the way. name him uh, <laughs> to name him or her is this is we need to do more than just reverse some of the damage done. Congress and and Joe Biden. See, this is what I fear is going to happen. Joe Biden gets in. And everybody, Brian kind of alluded to this, everybody just kind of like, oh, everything's good now. Right. Racism is solved, everybody. The, the That which divides us is no longer a thing. That's not going to be the case. And, and especially related to fearing what could come down. Now that we know that a Donald Trump is possible in the United States of America, we had better have, make a good goddamn effort of stripping away some of the powers of the presidency. Because as it stands now, Donald Trump can do whatever the fuck he wants with no reprisal, with no repercussion. And we must fight against that possibility in the future. So Democrats better be ready to actually exert some of their power. I mean, I don't know why I would expect this, because they've been reticent or refusing to do so up to this point. Mm -hmm. Anyway, just a thought. Brian, thank you for the call. We appreciate it very much. Speaking of voting for Joe Biden over Donald Trump, got a call on it. Someone who doesn't agree that you should vote for Biden. How's it going, guys? This is Tim calling in. I want to push back on this fact uh, that people who don't vote are privileged. For most of the people in our country, they do not vote, and they are not privileged. They're poor. Mostly poor people of color, but poor nonetheless. And the more money that you have or more influence that you have, the more likely you are to vote because it makes a difference for your life. It, the lower you go on the, on the totem pole, the less difference it makes if you have a Democrat or a Republican in the White House. And then for, for like police violence, some of the worst police departments are Democratic cities. New. The NYPD, LAPD, hell, Chicago had motherfucking black sites where they took people to torture confessions out of them. And you've seen at the start of this whole thing, New York, the New York the police department ran people over. And the mayor, who's a Democrat, said the people shouldn't have been in the way. 
And this notion that Trump is so bad that anyone's better than him is how we got here. Because the Democrats just run on that and then they do nothing. And returning to the situation that gave us Trump is going to lead us to get someone who's worse. Just remember that Hitler was not the founder of the Nazi party. It had started before him. And at the time, people were saying that that we that the countries needed to ease up on Germany, relax some of the pressure they were put on them to repay for the wars. But they, people didn't listen. So they kept the boot on the neck of German, Germany and poof, Adolf. And it and we're slowly heading down that road because the Republican Party uh, bat shit out of their goddamn mind. Hell, I forget, I forget what, what state it is, but there's a goddamn QAnon lady going to, going to Congress. A lady who believes in goddamn crew. And Joe Biden is running a, a Republican-like campaign whether you choose to or not to accept it. That's what he is doing. The Democratic Party platform don't have legalizing marijuana, Medicaid for all, Medicaid for all who want it, the public option. They don't have none of that. The Green New Deal has none of that because they are trying to get Republican votes at the time that they are neglecting people who are on their side and telling them to shut up in color because Trump is so bad. Now, that may get y'all good if you're public saying that you're going to get out and vote for for Joe Biden. But if you're not privileged, are you going to risk your job to go out and vote for someone who's blatantly tell you they're not going to push for your issues? That people are telling that you're still going to have to fight once she gets elected? I don't know a lot of people that are going to decide to lose their job and still not get ahead. But anyway, you guys, keep up the good work. Bye. Thank you, Tim. We appreciate that. Uh, I think that Tim was responding uh, with the privilege comment to Roxanne's email in the previous episode. And I believe that she was referring not to the fact that people who vote are privileged there that voting is a privilege but that not voting and sitting it out that that is where the privilege comes in yeah uh, if because, i'm remembering because you correctly have the, you have the privilege of the decisions that donald trump is making to not affect you yeah that that the state of the country right now is something that you don't need to be concerned about yeah or that you're not so concerned about that you are not pushed to vote essentially i believe is the argument yeah i'm a little i'm a little there was it was all over the board i think the metaphor about the nazis and and world war one and the 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 pain for the dad i mean i don't know i don't know some of that stuff but well he was kind of shooting himself in the foot there with that i think because he was comparing um germany hitler all of that and then talking about how the republicans are headed that direction but also that he's not going to vote for joe biden (laughs) yeah i'm a little confused on that tim they're headed toward nazism but you know don't do everything you can to to get donald trump out of office and his party that is the new 
Nazi party. I would say this about the privilege thing. It's, it seems to me short-sighted to hold a position that it's not going to change. Nothing's going to change. It's all going to be the same, whether it be Donald Trump or republican light Joe Biden, as Tim called him. Tell that to the kids who go hungry at night and don't have enough to eat because Donald Trump has slashed their food stamp benefits. Tell that to those kids that Donald Trump and Joe Biden are the same. It doesn't matter. That he wants to send them a harvest box. Tell them, tell that to the women who live in, in several southern states who have little to zero access to, to, to abortion rights. To reproductive health care in their state. Because if you're pregnant and you seek an abortion and it isn't available to you, you're having that kid. So it is, I think, from a place of privilege, Tim, that you would um, extol upon everyone else not to vote for Joe Biden. Because it is just wrong to say there isn't any difference between the two. Is Joe Biden the perfect candidate? Fuck no. Of course not. Is he the guy I wanted? No, I voted for Bernie Sanders. But he's better than Trump. He is better than Trump. And it's a shitty place to be that that's where we are. But that is where we are. And I I also, I hear Tim, though, on his frustrations with the Democratic Party and the... He's not wrong. The incrementalism that continues within the Democratic Party, but... Sometimes it's not even incrementalism. It's just maintaining the status quo. Yeah, and I... Yeah, and that probably wasn't the best word. I guess what I'm saying is there tends to be either the progressives that are running for president or, or people that have progressive policies and then the people who are moderates who like give a wink toward incrementalism. Yeah. You know, sure. and try to have little promises of we'll do this, we'll do a little bit of that, but ultimately we need to go middle of the road. I think an important thing happened recently though with Joe Kennedy's defeat in Massachusetts. Yeah. Awesome. And that proves how prominent figures in the Democratic Party don't have as much power as people like AOC. Joe Kennedy, who was endorsed by the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Joe Kennedy, who was running against an established incumbent, was endorsed by the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. Yes, I repeated that twice. And by uh, the the progressive hero, fucking Beto O'Rourke. Mm-hmm. Who we got all kinds of shit for, shit g- g- criticizing him. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. a progressive. Yeah, not so, a progressive. And so the progressive defeated Joe Kennedy, and that that really shows you the power of progressives against, within the Democratic Party. Defeated him against the will of the establishment of the party. Yes. Yeah. And and so I, I think that a tide is turning, and I understand the frustrations of. The Democratic Party isn't doing what is necessary, even in the midst of the pandemic. Yeah, I, I going on. They're going on vacation. Yeah, I can't even tell you. I mean, I watched this video. I retweeted it on my on my Twitter um, at Brittany E. Page. This, I'm trying not trying to plug it, even though it sounds like I am. But anyway, it's on my Twitter at Brittany E. Page, <laughs> and that's B R I T T A N Y. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so <laughs> it was this video of evictions. In Houston. Oh, yeah. 
And I mean, I watched this video and I was full on bawling because this cop is taking these orders from a judge and he's holding it up and he's like, yeah, I have an order. This is an order. I have it. So I have to do this. In the middle of a fucking pandemic. And the first family is uh, a mom, a dad, uh, a toddler and a baby. And they don't even have a car. I mean, they tell them to leave and they take a stroller, two bags of items and a pack of toilet paper and they start walking down the street. God damn. And I'm just watching this. Like, how how can we as a country be allowing this? And then they serve an eviction notice to an elderly woman and they have her sitting outside of the place and the the guy who's moving her belongings out starts crying and the camera goes up to him and he he's like, today it's her, but tomorrow it could be me. Yeah. And I mean, they ultimately didn't evict her because of the heat. They felt it was unsafe. And so they put her back in and they said, like, you have another day. Uh, another day. But I just can't. I just don't understand any of this. And it it reminded me of an article I read by Matthew Desmond in the New York Times. And he talked about he, he referenced all kinds of information about how it's not even financially beneficial to landlords to evict people. Yeah, you you're know? cutting off a source of revenue. Yeah. And who's going to fill that? Who's going to fill that apartment for you right now in the midst of a pandemic when yeah. no one's making money? You think you're going to get a new tenant? And you're going to be able to bring in income? No, the answer is rent relief. And this is congressional negligence. And the fact that they are not doing anything as families are being kicked out on the street. They're going and, on vacation while I, it's happening. I know that people are going to say, hey, Brittany, the, the new eviction moratorium that went into place. Yeah, that's that's a stopgap measure. It also is not going to save everybody. It, and it, it's also not retroactive. Yeah, and it's also it's just going to create the problem of these people can't pay the bill when the moratorium is yeah, up. Yeah, it's the same thing that just happened. So we need rent relief. We need Democrats to act. And I just ugh, this has been something that has been weighing very heavily on me today. And so I, I obviously needed to talk about it. Listen, it's a public policy choice. Those people, the imagery of them walking down the sidewalk with the roll of toilet paper and a stroller and two bags of items. That is a conscious choice that we are making as a country to allow that immor immorality to happen. And that that officer who's doing that and he's saying, I have an order from a judge. Yeah, that's not a lawful order to yeah. me. I mean, I, I don't know how I could do that job. I honestly, if your choice is coming to work and putting babies homeless on the street or like not having a job, I mean, that's that's a... Yeah, you're th a piece of shit if you're doing that. There seems to be a choice there that is... I understand he's he's been a cop for a long time. He has a job. But come on, man. I mean, you got to rethink what you're doing there. Yeah. You got to rethink that. Public policy choice. We're choosing it. And you know what? What are Democrats doing? There's been several times over the course of modern history where there have been all Democrats in, in the legislature and the executive branch. We don't do anything about shit. We don't do anything about guns. The status quo is appreciated a lot. Campaign finance reform never gets done. There's a reason for that. That is why you get Joe Biden in there and get used to us shitting on Joe Biden. Because once he's in there, we're going to be really being aggressive about pushing the agenda farther to the left.
to get some things fucking done. Yeah. Tim, thank you for the call. Also, Tim didn't get the memo about the profanity. Tim, Tim, you're making the listeners upset. (laughs) I feel yelled at. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Moving on. Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. We would like to thank some new Patreon supporters. New. Steve. Steve. Steve M. Steve M. Dwayne S. Dwayne S. Daniel D. Daniel D. Well, Daniel DM. Daniel DM. Rue EC. Rue EC. Thank you very much to the new Patreon supporters and to the previous Patreon supporters. I don't want to call them old because maybe they don't like that. I don't know. I feel like it's a privilege to be old, but some people get upset when they're called old. So we won't call them old. We'll just say the previous. Pre-existing. The pre-existing. The already (laughs) existing Patreon supporters. Thank you. Early, early adopters. The early adopters. We're just getting, these are better. The the longer that I stall, you keep providing me with with better phrases. It's like you don't say poor people, you say people currently experiencing an economic downturn in their personal finances or whatever. I don't think you need to add that many things, but sure. So seriously, though, we appreciate everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you so much for interacting with us. The listener communication has been a little bit of a trickle trickle in, but we understand that we took a a break. I think everybody just feels yelled at. Yeah, that could be it. And we're sorry about that, too. So thank you very much for supporting us. Thank you very much for just thank you for always being there for us. Please call, interact with the show, send us an email. I doubt it at dollamore.com, 657-464-7609. Put it into your phone. That's a, that's a trick that people do. They put it in their phone. Not a real trick anymore. It's just what you do. Well, it's, it's one of my tech tips and you, <laughs> you can put it into your phone and then it makes it really accessible. This edition of Britney's Tech Tips brought to you by programming your iPhone. It's a new segment. I'm going to drop tech tips. That's my new thing. Speaking of tech tips, go rate and review the show if you're on Apple Podcasts. That helps the show. That's a good time. All right. I just saw something promoted on Twitter. It's in my What's Happening, and it says hashtag raised by wolves max. What? Yeah. Promoted by HBO Max. Probably a show on HBO Max. What? Somebody stole your life story. I I can't even believe this. All right. Moving on. Dollamocracy Facing down pessimistic politics With realistic optimism Alright, as promised We are going to talk a little bit about The Jacob Blake Goings on In Kenosha, Wisconsin The fact that Trump hasn't Condemned. He even said his name, I don't think, yet. Still yet. He hasn't said his name. He has also, uh, he went and he was interviewed by Laura Ingram, and he talked about the cop who shot Jacob Blake in the back uh, seven times, that he choked. That's the, that's the word he kept using. I don't even, does he mean that he choked because he didn't kill him? Or he choked? I don't understand, because he's talking about 
that either he does nothing and is killed by the perpetrator, by yeah. b- purportedly by by Jacob Blake, or he shoots him and kills him. And by shooting him, he didn't kill him, but trying to, yeah, um, he's choking. I, do you get what he's trying to say? Well, I don't. He said you, you are the moron whisperer. He said that you could wrestle him. Like that's something that he added in there when he was talking about Jesus it. So Christ. I don't know if he's trying to say he shouldn't have shot him in the back and he should have wrestled him. The thing is, is you have to wade through so much word salad to really try to get to the point of what is being said that it's it makes it quite difficult. But he also compared it to golfing, right? So he yeah. was saying that he choked like when you are on the... Uh, I was going to start trying to use golf lingo and that's going to be terrible. When you're well, on the ahead, green doing the it, yeah. putt-putt and you, you choke... That's you basically think, the quote. You, you think putt-putt is part of golf lingo? <laughs> I have no idea. So he compared the shooting of a black man, an unarmed black man by a police officer, by a white police officer. Multiple shots, point blank range in the back. To someone not being good at golf. Yeah. That's how his mind works. That's what he did. And Laura Ingram, by the way. You you would have thought that Donald Trump's hair was on fire with the the quick swift action oh, that she yeah. had jumping in. She's like, "Well, you're not trying to compare it to golf because that's what the media will say." <laughs> Later on, he was talking about the dark shadow people in the dark shadows, and she, oh no, 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 no. wait, that sounds like a conspiracy. You're not <laughs> damage control, damage control, damage control. How stressful would it be to be interviewing him when you're also acting as his caretaker? Yes, and trying to promote his points. Yeah, when you are talking to him and you have to like oh okay that's enough the only people acting in the dark shadows are she and hannity being his shadow fucking press secretary that is actually a good point because thank you Brittany. i appreciate when he talked when he talked about the shadowy figures it was that people are like it like a weekend at bernie's situation with joe biden when really the weekend at bernie's situation is donald trump is bernie and laura ingram is the one guy and then Wow. Uh, Sean Hannity Your is favorite film, the I other see. guy. Yeah. One's brunette, one has black hair. You know him. I don't know that I've ever seen Weekend at Bernie's. It's a great film, so I, I'm i not sure why. It's a masterpiece of American <laughs> cinema, everybody. So listen, this is the other thing that's happening right now. This is the other thing that's happening right now that really is just fucking gross. That this Jacob Blake had a extensive criminal record with some things that were horrendous on it, charged with sexual assault. And that's bad. And he's probably not a great guy. But it doesn't mean he should be summarily fucking executed by some guy who went to junior college to go through his police academy. You don't get to assassinate people who have extensive or not criminal records. You are a cog in the machine of the justice system as a cop. You don't get all the positions rolled into one. Arrest. Interrogate. Indict. Try. Adjudicate. And execute. All in a seven-second period of time. Or a second and a half, or whatever it was, that he pulled the trigger seven times. And conservatives are obsessed with this idea that George Floyd had a criminal record and did some suspect and terrible things in his life. 
and that Jacob Blake may have as well. They're obsessed with it. Whether or not there were, that he had drugs or whether or not there may have been a knife in the car. I don't care if Jacob Blake had a knife and was standing face to face with the cop. That is not justification to shoot and kill him. There are numerous non-lethal remedies that are at every cop's uh, disposal. Fucking taser. There's several. Instead, he pulled his revolver, not a revolver. It's a semi-automatic, likely a nine millimeter. And he pulled the trigger in rapid succession, seven or more times into the body of someone who was facing away from him. There is zero justification for that. Well, and when when you talk about the tendency to start digging in to the criminal records and things like that to explain the shooting, it typically reminds me of the just world hypothesis, which is a cognitive bias that people's choices, their behavior, their actions inherently bring consequences that are fair for that action. So if you're a good person, you're going to be rewarded in life. If you're a bad person and you do bad things, then you're going to have punishment and consequence for those things. And so people try to explain the things that go on, the bad things, by saying, well, this person must have done bad things. But I don't think that's always the case here. I think racism is a better explanation for that. And (laughs) um, especially in these cases, when when you have conservatives um, doing all that they can to convince people. And I I said conservatives, actually, but I saw a clip from David Silverman today, the atheist. He's a fucking grifter. That guy, who knows what that guy actually believes? Who called George Floyd... Uh, human garbage is yeah. actually what he said on with uh, David Smalley. Who knew David Smalley still had a show? Um, but so I think racism is a better explanation there where you have people like Tucker Carlson going on the show and talking about the criminal record as though that somehow means that cops should beat and kill you in the streets yeah. because you have done something bad. And like you said, that's not their role. That's not the power that they have been given. This is what's strange. I mean, police unions all across the country are now clinging to power. You would think they would get in line before they completely eradicate any need for their over-the-top, insane, violent services. That they'd be like, yeah, you know what? We need to start doing some of this. Otherwise, they're going to fuck themselves out of a job, out of a position out of the necessity to have armed vigilantes with a badge killing citizens, suspects, um, convicts, or not. Because people are tired of it. And I want to play a few clips from cops in Kenosha, Wisconsin. One is the police chief. And how he framed the argument about well, they shouldn't be out there. Now we're talking about the the, the killing um, via Kyle Rittenhouse. Yeah, the armed 17-year-old vigilante who doesn't even live in Kenosha, came from a different state to Kenosha to protect property, that was his goal, from yeah. looting, 
And I mean, we've we've seen the headlines about Kyle Rittenhouse. He was a Blue Lives Matter supporter. He was he was on track to become a cop. That's what he wanted to do. Big Trump guy. And it's terrifying to think that had he not traveled to the protest and killed people, that he could have ended up with a badge and a gun and and been backed by the power of the government to commit all kinds of crimes. And yeah, he would have been in a position to, you can't question him. He's a cop. Of course he's honest. Of course he's good. Right. How many months away from a badge was he? And what kind of a guy was this cop who paralyzed Jacob Blake? What kind of a guy was he? Or any of these cops. The the Rochester situation that just happened. But I want, when people listen to these clips that you're going to play... I want them to listen while thinking about the new talking points that are coming from people like Ben Shapiro, all of these other goofballs, Dave Rubin. Is he still relevant? Well, he's not relevant, but, you know, he's still out there. the people like Ben Shapiro. Yeah. So have an ear on how they always say systemic racism doesn't exist. That's right. These clips are going to illustrate for you what it means when... People say systemic racism. Yeah. Also, I want to make this point. That's that's awesome. I, I also want to make this point that these are the people who are in charge of the ground troops. These are the generals in charge of the people who are enacting their attitudes and their policy. If you have a general who's out there instructing his his um battalion i'm not going to get too deep in the fucking metaphors but yeah you have a a leader of troops out there and they are um just castigating and hating with bigotry about the enemy with 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 aspersions about the religion or their race you shouldn't be um surprised when those troops go out there and commit atrocities the same can be said of police the same can be said of leaders of men and women who carry weapons and have badges protecting them. So first, I was going to play the police chief talking about uh, the curfew, but I'm going to start with 2018. This is David Beth, the county sheriff there. There was a case in 2018 where four or five people ran into a mall grabbed a bunch of Tommy Hilfiger, or Tommy Hilfiger, as he calls it, clothes, ran to their car, and drove away. He says it was $6,000 worth of merchandise. There was a high-speed chase, they wrecked, and then they were tracked into the snow and arrested. What we're talking about here, and the they he keeps talking about, the they, it's four or five black suspects, who shoplifted a lot of stuff, but they shoplifted. They stole shitty clothes. And this is the way he's talking about them. Initially, what I was told was $6,000 worth of clothing from the Prime Outlets, uh, and I'm pretty sure it was the Tommy Hilfiger store. Um, As I'm reading through the reports today, I became more and more upset at exactly what I was seeing and, and, and what's happening in society and uh, coming down and really washing into Kenosha County, and, and I'm just frankly sick of it. The driver of the car, the ra- they range from, I think it was 16 years old to 23 years old. Uh, they came from Milwaukee. They came down here 
with the sole purpose of to commit felony crimes. And uh, they did. They got caught, though. And I'm very thankful they got caught. And I hope they get put away for the rest of their lives. For the rest of their lives, he wants them put away for shoplifting. Yikes. So that, that just gives you a flavor for what the crime was. 16 to 23-year-old Americans did something fucking dumb, committed a crime, stole things from a store that is insured that will get its money back, and he wants them put away for the rest of their lives. 16 to 23-year-olds. Next clip. Black 23-year-olds. That's right. Yeah. Three males, I guess, really didn't want to talk too much to police. I got it. And I bet you if I looked at their criminal records, if I went back and looked at their school transcripts, you'd see that these three males aren't very successful. And I'm to the point that I think society has to come to a threshold where there's some people that aren't worth saving. We need to build warehouses to put these people into it and lock them away for the rest of their lives. These five people could care less about that 16-year-old who just got his driver's license yesterday, and they drove through a red light, they stole thousands of dollars worth of clothing, and they don't care. They go to a different county and they... I'm going to pause there to give background to the audience. There was a car accident involved in this. A mother and her son uh, were crashed into, and apparently the kid got a cut on his eye. I mean, it was pretty minor. Because there was a, a car chase That's right. from the mall. And he, you'll hear him later, talk about, you talk to that mom and ask her how serious it is that her son almost died. They weren't even transported to the hospital. It wasn't a serious car accident. But he's reframing the argument like they almost killed someone. They don't care. There's no insurance in their car, no license plates. We have to get to a point in our society that, and our, our lawmakers that people have said it costs money to put people in jail. Tell the family that almost lost their 16-year-old son and the, uh, the mother of the child who just got their driver's license. Tell them how expensive it is to almost be killed by somebody that cares less about human life. Some point, we have to get to, to the point that we lock these people up. We, we have an agent assigned to each and every person that goes through the court system. And if they can't complete high school, if they get in trouble in high school, if they have a criminal record, if they do drive-by shootings, if they uh, sell or give heroin to other people, if they come and steal thousands of dollars, if we don't think this costs society and the people of our community and our nation, if, it, if we don't think that that costs us billions of dollars, you're wrong. Let's put them in jail. Let's, let's stop them from truly, at least some of these males, going out and getting 10 other women pregnant and having small children. Let's put them away. At some point, we have to stop being politically correct. And I don't care what race, I don't care how old they are. If there's a threshold that they cross, these people have to be warehoused. No recreational time in the jails. We put them away. We put them away for the rest of their lives so that the rest of us can be better. Other countries don't have the crime rates that we do. We have to get, we have to figure out why. And it's part of it is because these kids go to school, they participate in school. 
If they don't participate in school, they are found jobs. And if they do commit a crime, they lose their licenses for the rest of their lives and they get put away. In this country, in this community, in this state, we have to get to the point that we no longer will put up with the garbage people that fill our communities, that are our cancer to our society. So again, this is the Kenosha sheriff in 2018, but he's still the sheriff. Yeah, current sheriff. And there's several things I want to talk about. So He's a racist fuck, first it's, of all. It's unbelievable. I've listened to this is the second time I've heard the audio now, and it is, it's just so, anyway. He keeps talking about a threshold. And for him, evidently, the threshold is shoplifting $5,000 worth of merchandise from a mall going fleeing the scene uh in a car chase and then having a collision in which no one died now the thing that you no one's even seriously injured no now the thing you won't see from him is a speech similar to this in response to kyle rittenhouse killing two people in his city that's not something that occurred but you want to hear what the no we'll, we'll interrupt these clips to play his counterpart the police chief of of kenosha what he said about it. Everybody involved was out was out after the curfew. I'm, I'm not going to make a great deal of that, but the point is the curfew's in place to protect. Had persons not been out involved in, in violation of that, perhaps the situation that, that unfolded would not have happened. Um, so the last night, a 17-year-old individual from Antioch, Illinois, was involved in the use of firearms to reserve, to, excuse me, to... Uh, to resolve whatever conflict was in place. The result of it was two people are dead. Yeah, so... Now, that's him talking about a white guy. Right. Two people are dead. Is there a threshold? Because of the conflict resolution that was used, and if they hadn't been out because of the curfew, if they hadn't been out protesting, they'd still be alive. So, to Sheriff Beth, I think is his name, right? Yeah, Sheriff David Beth. Beth. Is the threshold reached? Have we reached the threshold? Well, I think he'd need to know whether they did good in high school. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, so come the fuck on. That's the other thing. So here's where we need that well-rounded education that I've been talking about for the police. When he talks yeah. about the sheriff, we have got to figure out why crime rates are so high. And you know he's talking about black people. Of course Because that's he is. The, the whole time that's what he was doing. Well, he's also using all of the stereotypical things. Uh, getting 10 of different women pregnant. and mm-hmm. he, I mean, really, he, he might may as well be fucking Bill O'Reilly in a zip-up sheriff suit. Right. And so th- the things that he listed after that, though, weren't, let's talk about intergenerational poverty. Let's talk about systemic racism. Yeah. Let's talk about redlining. Let's talk about all of these things that have created an environment where people feel as though there's no forward movement, right? Let's talk about poverty. Let's talk about not having access to education. Let's talk about being shut out because of racism Yeah, and not being allowed to participate, not being allowed to have access. He's also being a fucking dummy who's speaking to dummies, presumably, that he thinks he is, because he's... He goes from bad at high school to drive-by shootings, heroin, and then stealing things. As though these kids, some of them were children, that we should flush their lives down the fucking toilet because they stole some stuff. As though that's as bad as drive-by shootings and 
dealing heroin, and that's a whole other conversation about the war on goddamn drugs. Well, and that's that's what I'm trying to highlight here, is this sheriff is in a position of power, and his perspective and view is that there is something inherent that's in right. African Americans that predispose them to crime. That, does- that predispose them to what he's talking about with the people that he arrested in this situation. He's acting as though that's an inherent quality. This is what you see when scientific racism is propagated by people like Charles Murray and Sam Harris. Uh, so it, it's insane to have someone in a, in a position of power like a sheriff of an entire police department yeah. saying these things and be so ignorant and uneducated and racist and to be saying it out loud and, and putting it in the context of I'm done being politically correct. Yeah, like th- like that's a, because that that was the thing then. I mean, it's still a thing that said, but that was really fashionable to say, I'm not going to be politically correct anymore as though you used to be. David Beth, Beth, you fucking idiot. So instead of using his position of power to look at other factors that may have played a role in driving these young men to engage in the behavior that they were engaging in, he chooses to say they're not worth saving, build warehouses, put them away for life. He later apologized, by the way. But you know why? Is it because he genuinely doesn't believe those things anymore? No, it's because there was outrage right. over the uh, the insane racist shit he said. Exactly. He said he should not let the mo- his emotions, quote, get the better of me. By the way, right. I didn't play the audio. This wasn't like off the cuff. Because at the beginning of this clip, they're talking about how the certain media isn't there yet. And he's like, oh, well, this is going to get some... He, he alludes to the fact that he's going to say a bunch of non-PC stuff. Yeah. So this was a planned statement. It's not like he was, oh, the, the heat of the moment came over me and I just said some stuff. You know what's great is to have a sheriff who lets his emotions get the better of him. That's great. Yeah, because that informs how his officers should act. And they let their emotions get the better of them when they have an armed gun that shoots into the back of a citizen. The clips don't get much better. These people are not an asset to society. These people just need to flat out go away. And I'm waiting for this, for our lawmakers, our people, to really not stand for really what we're living with. And the riots, when someone gets shot by a police officer, I understand there's mistakes. I got it. But when, but when a person comes out with a gun and a police officer shoots him and there's a walk, there's a riot, we got to take action on it. We got to take care of the people that are doing this. Did you hear that? He says when, when, when a police officer shoots someone, listen, I realize there's mistakes. He's categorizing shooting and killing a suspect <laughs> as a mistake. And then Wilson, we got to take care of these protests. We got to do something. This is serious. They're protesting the quote unquote mistake. You fucking idiot. Last clip. You, you have to wash your hands of these people. You have to. We're allowing this group of society to ruin our children and our grandchildren's future. We have got to try our best to save the future of our communities in our state, in our country. We've got to get a handle on these people. And maybe what we got to do is build warehouses that after this generation is gone, They've perished in these buildings. 
we can turn them into something else. Maybe it'd be malls. Maybe maybe uh, um, Amazon will buy them as, as warehouses later. But at some point, we have to get rid of this group of people. We have to lock them up and not let them continue to harass, to scare, to hurt, to steal. We have to get to the point that we, we, we no longer will put up with it. Uh, we're all afraid of being politically correct. I'm tired of being politically correct. Uh, I don't think I'm saying anything different than most people in society aren't thinking, but they're afraid to say it. And I'm just to the point that I'm, I'm saying it. It's, it's, time, it's time that uh, the states and the country say, if you reach this threshold, whatever we set, and you're no longer considered an asset to society, you're no longer going to be part of it. And that's just, that's just the way it needs to be. So he wants to build monuments to capitalism, monuments to inequity, monuments to throw these kids into, these shoplifters for the rest of their lives until they die. And then his little comment, his little cute comment about these, they're ruining, we don't, we can't let them ruin the lives of our grandkids and our kids. Sounds a lot to me like these black kids are sullying the futures of our white kids and we can't have that. Mm -hmm. He's in charge of people who have great authority over the citizens they live amongst. Who have immunity to run amok. And have acted as such. This is what we're dealing with. This is a pervasive attitude all across the country. In police departments all across the country. This isn't an ISIS. Listen. Every time there's one of these shootings. And they start digging into the audio. And the video clips. Of the leaders of police departments. And it's like. Oh man. that They come from just. They must be one of the bad departments. Nope. This is the way it is all across the country. They feel entitled to the power they have. They feel entitled to respect and reverence. Public servants is what they are. And they should be trained as such, like you said in that tweet thread, Brittany. Well, unlike he, uh, he is still the sheriff. And all he did was apologize after this. And he met with the Kenosha NAACP one time. And then he gets to continue being the sheriff. That's remarkable to me. And it also, it's remarkable to me that people hear stories like this and then they say that systemic racism doesn't exist. I mean, I, I love for someone to try to explain these comments. So what was he talking about? What group of people was he talking about? He's talking about shoplifters. He's talking yeah. about, he's talking about people who get in car accidents. These people, these people, we know what he's talking about. He's talking about black people. Yeah. Without a doubt. And there's no other way to look at it. And it is horrifying that someone like this could say the things that he he did and then continue to be in power. Again, rotten from the head down. I'm going to play the clip that you may have seen the video for of cops in the street the night that Kyle Rittenhouse killed those two people. The cops vocalizing their appreciation for these vigilantes toting their assault weapons giving them water as a token of their thanks to make sure they're taken care of 
This is what we're dealing with. These people are under David Beth. Did you keep people from pointing their guns at the crowd? Yeah, no laser pointers either. No laser pointers. They think that's guns too. That's what started most of it. Way back by the gas station again. I'm sure they have a lot of bottles of water. <laughs> That's all we can do. <laughs> nice truck, You're going to have to get out of there. You're just the last point. You're going to have to move south or you're going to have to get off this block. This is the last point. You will disperse. All right. So now, please, thank you. Thanks for attention to us, man. Giving water bottles, thanking the armed vigilantes. And the same voice that you hear giving them bottles and giving them thanks is the same voice that's immediately telling the protesters, there's a curfew. You must disperse. Get out of here. I, I can't imagine being a cop and welcoming the assistance of an armed vigilante. That just seems very, I mean, first of all. Of I, an unhinged teenager. Yeah, I would assume that the person who is parading around in the streets with a gun in their free time to protect things that aren't theirs, uh, that that person maybe I can't trust them a whole lot in like a crisis situation. Like I wouldn't yeah. rely on them for my safety. So it's strange to me. I just wonder what the connection is that they have to them. It seems to be something other than wanting to rely on them. Yeah, because that's, that was them when they were in high school. Now they're grown up and they're cops. Yeah. Look, I know we didn't go through the ins and the outs of this. The ABC, the chronological deal, because we're still working through all of that. But God damn it, we need to abolish police as they currently exist. Defund police departments all over the country. And in their place, put in social workers and mental health experts who can respond to calls like this case in Rochester. Someone was in crisis, having a mental breakdown or whatever was happening. Their family called the cops because they were in distress. And the cops fucking killed him. They covered his face with a bag and smothered him. And this happened in March and they were just suspended today. Because the tape just got released. Mm Mm-hmm. Hadn't any tape been released, those fuckers would still be on the job, ready to kill their next victim, who was not a, not committing a crime. 
Mm-hmm. Being mentally ill is not a crime. Fuck. Well, and I, there's, there have been increased articles that I've seen about social workers taking more of a, a responsibility and a role in responding to mental health crisis calls. And I've seen a lot of pushback from conservatives on that, like laughing, saying that they'd love to see an unarmed social worker trying to deal with a, a violent or hostile person. and Like you did every day in your job at the psychiatric hospital. Well, and that's what my response would be is, why don't you volunteer to go observe a day at a psychiatric hospital? Because that's what happens every day. You are trained to deal with that. And I did a tweet thread about it where when I got hired at the psychiatric hospital, the first thing that you do is you go through nonviolent crisis intervention training. And I have distinct memories of the trainer. The first thing that he said, he walked into the room and he said, if you're here to be a badass and you think that you're going to beat people up while you're here or you're going to be able to fight patients, then get out. There's the door. We don't need you here. We don't need a tough guy who thinks he's going to fight everybody. He talked about you're going to be you're going to be sometimes physically attacked. You're going to be verbally assaulted. You're going to be disrespected. The patients said racist shit to people. Oh, all the time. But they're they're mentally ill. They're they're sick. And he said you cannot respond the same way. Yeah. You have to be different. So you're emphasis is respect for the patient who is suffering and lashing out you don't lash out at them because they're lashing out at you it's not you have to respect my authority as a mental health professional i'm gonna fucking hurt you right why is there a higher standard for you in that position than for cops who are demanding respect on the street and listen it takes it is a skill (laughs) okay when someone is challenging you and someone's posturing to fight you. And let's say maybe even your tendency in the past has been to fight people and to go there. And you have to not do that because yeah. your 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 emphasis is safety for the patient and respect for the patient because they're going through something that that is something you can't understand sometimes. That is tough to do. But like you're saying, cops should be expected to do that. Mental health workers do it all the time. Th- listen. That's why we have skilled, educated, trained individuals in those positions in psychiatric hospitals and other types of, 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 of occupations. Mm-hmm. Why should we not hold our cops who have weapons of war and murder at their disposal? They should be held to at least that same standard. Mm-hmm. But we don't. They're able to do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. They can drive the streets not using turn signals. They can speed. They can fucking kill people. They're not held to the same standard that they hold others to. Yeah. And I I did. I had patients posture to fight me. I had patients grab me. I had patients grab my hair. (laughs) Yeah. Everything ended with me being safe, with the patient being safe, because of the skills that you're taught to handle it in a way that honors what the patient is going through, knowing that they're lashing out, not because of a personal thing that they have with you. It's not about you. Yeah. They're going through something. And I think if cops had more of that mentality when they're dealing with the public, we'd be in a different state. Although a culture shift needs to happen. We also need to weed out the racists. And that seems to be a bigger issue. For another show. 
We appreciate you guys. We'd love to know your thoughts. 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a regular old-fashioned email or a recorded voice memo from your phone to idoubtit at dollamore.com. We love you guys. We'd love to invite you to consider becoming a patron on Patreon. For as little as two bucks a month or so, you can help support and produce this show. You can be an active participant in me yelling and cursing at you. What a good time. Anyway, we love you guys. We'll see you next time. For Brittany Page, I'm Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It.